This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A spirited performance by the Clarets against Liverpool, but ultimately nothing to show for it. Is it too little, too late? And this is the No Name Ever podcast. No Name Ever podcast! So welcome, Clavitz, to another episode of the No Name Ever podcast. I'm Richard Steele and I'm your host tonight. Natalie, at the moment, is currently skiing. So she's very lucky while I'm in a very wet and windy Wigan. Uh, the, Clarets, late, uh, the Clarets' latest game was a really spirited performance against Liverpool. A lot of positives to take out of it, but ultimately it's another defeat. And with Newcastle winning, that gap uh, to safety is getting bigger and bigger. We've got Adam and Tom on tonight with us. Gents, how are we? Yeah, good. Cheers, Rich. Uh, trying to stay positive. That's good. That's good. I'm glad, that, I'm glad to hear that because I imagine Tom's going to be a slightly less positive. Am I right, Tom? I'm not making any attempts. Stay positive, whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> right, but we'll keep the po- podcast on on a positive note, though. So, Adam, I'll come to you first. We all know how good Liverpool are. For me, you know, they're the second best team in the country, just behind Man City. You know, you look at it and you won't be surprised if it was a Liverpool-Man City Champions League final. So, to play like we did, you know, there is a lot of positives. But ultimately, it's another defeat, isn't it? Yeah, oh, they're a top team. Like they've been to turf last couple of years and uh, rolled us over three 0 and we barely um, we barely touched them, barely laid a glove on them. So it really was encouraging, especially that first half. That yeah, they were, seemed to be having an off day. Mane, Salah only just back from from Afcon. Probably a good time to play them, even though they did put out a really strong side and had a really strong substitutes bench. So if it wasn't going their way, I'm sure they'd have made changes earlier. But um, they were a bit lacklustre. I think conditions probably played a bit of a part in that. Um, but yeah, the first half to go toe to toe with one of the uh, one of the best teams, and really, arguably, should have been ahead. Uh, well, definitely should have been ahead by by half time. Uh, three clear cut chances, four if you include the one where Weghorst um, uh, turned it round, uh, Allison, and then uh, he managed to claw it out for a corner, which were flagged offside, but actually was onside when you look at the highlights. Yeah, really unfortunate not to not to go in ahead. Um, obviously, then they get the fortunate goal. Really, a bit sloppy from maybe from our point of view, but soft goal. Um, and then after that, I thought they controlled it um, pretty well from there on in. 
Um, and trying to come from a goal down against yeah one of the top sides in Europe is uh, is always going to be difficult. Yeah, I think that's a really good review of the first half, especially. Well, Tom's just sipping a Peroni there, I think. That's very nice on a Wednesday evening. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think you summed it up really well. We had three big chances. So, big Woot, Tom, big Woot or Woot, whatever you might call him. He certainly made an impression. You, I think, judging by a tweet you, you put, I, I think you thought he was a bit of a donkey, didn't you, first game? Are you going to retract that tweet? Yeah, I, I think uh, people took... People took my record tweet after what the game slightly slightly too seriously, I think. What I people take know. stuff too seriously on Twitter? <laughs> no nay never. Shocking that, isn't it? There you go. So yeah, I mean I wasn't impressed after after what the game. I thought he played very well second half against Man United. But there was a lot to like about his performance thought against Liverpool. Uh you can see what his strengths are and it's probably not what we were expecting. I don't think he's particularly good in the air. Um but he's back to goal. Play is quite good if you get it to his chest or his feet. I think um, he's a lot more mobile than Wood, despite being six six. Uh, he, he works very hard. He runs about a lot. Um, but I really, I have to say, with his goal record, you know, we haven't created a lot for him in the first couple of games. He had that snapshot against Man United that he created for himself, and uh, and he was unlucky not to score. It was a really good save. But we've made some guilt edge chances for him in that game, and his finishing really was. I mean, it was really bad on it. I mean, that the the counter attack one where Rodriguez puts him in. The, the little dink. I mean, he doesn't strike me as a dinky type, to be honest. So why he's doing that and not just putting his foot through it, I'm not sure. But lucky Alexander Arnold got back and cleared it for a corner because it was trundling well wide. Otherwise, there was one as well. Uh, oh, it wasn't didn't make the highlights of the match today. I don't know if that's because it was one of the many chances that was later found to be offside. But he he's, he's like uh, he just sort of shinned it straight into the cricket field stand. It was woeful finish. So you know maybe it's a side term, maybe it's the fact. The conditions, like you say, he's getting used to the teammates, etc. But uh, I have to say, like, I, I do think we look a better team with him in, uh, and perhaps he's a bit like Vidra in this sense. Like, I always think, from an attacking sense, we get a different dimension when Vidra plays, but he doesn't get your goals because he's finishing so bad. Um, and that's is that a bit early on Wegard. Yeah, it is, is it a bit early. You know, you look at I know the Bundesliga. I totally agree with you. That first one, I have watched a few highlights on Vegas and you know when he has had a few chip finishes. Uh, but again, any you know you could make me. He looked good on YouTube. Um, but I think since 2018, I think it's only Lewandowski who's got more goals than him. But at the at the Premier League level, playing for a team like us. That first chance, we don't create that that tight level of chance against most teams. Never, you know, never mind Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is early days, like, and that's why you know, like, so I was, you know, tongue in cheek when I'm slagging him off, whatever. But he, he, and he's coming into a team that is probably low on confidence, doesn't create a lot, and doesn't score many goals. So I'm not expecting him to come in and, and net ten in the second half of the season. But having said that, you know, they were bad finishes, and and that's got to improve, and it's got to improve quickly if he's going to be the source of goals for the rest of the season. And, and by the way, I'm saying this now, I very much hope he's back fit for, mm. for Saturday. He's a, he's a cut above what we have got up front. Uh, let's put it that way. And I do think he's, show, he's shown that he's got a bit more about him than, for example, Chris Wood has, and certainly since Wood went to Newcastle. I'm sure they're not too keen on him either. So I'm, I'm being critical, but I don't want that to come across as, a, as if I've written him off or I don't think he's going to be an asset for the rest of the season because I'm sure he will improve. Having said that, I have to say, Given his goal record, I might have expected a little bit more with with the chances that we created for him in that Liverpool game. No, I no, I do agree with that, Tom. I think it's it is very early to say, 
like I said, you know, we, we've seen a small sample size of him. He had that great strike against United where I think nine times out of ten that hits the back of the net. It was a great save by De Gea, but his finishing on, on Sunday was poor. That first one, you know, I, I was on the edge of my seat and, like you said, I think he, he wouldn't have even made a goal kick if Alexander Arnold didn't nearly smash it into his own net. It's a really difficult one, isn't it, Adam? Because I think if that was first game of the season, you know, that, you know, that, that performance, even if we were lost one nil, we'd have you know we'd have been going off the turf with a real, you know, sense of pride. Well, you know, and there is still pride there, but ultimately we need points now, don't we? And you know, people say that. I seen a tweet that someone said, "Well, we don't get judged by our results against Liverpool and City. We get judged, you know, but ultimately we get judged by our results against Watford and Norwich, and we've been awful in those games. So we do need to start picking up points in these games. You know, we've got." you know, Leicester and Tottenham at home to come. You know, we need to start winning some of these games, don't we? Yeah, I think Tom um, summed it up quite nice last week. Like, ultimately, every game's a cup final now. Yeah, normally we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't be expected to get anything, uh, but we need to we need to win some of these bigger games now. So, yeah, we, need, we probably needed to start doing that against Liverpool, especially with uh, the Newcastle result that you touched on before. Um with Egghorst, yeah, I completely agree with what you and Tom said. Looks a real decent acquisition, but again, we really need someone to put the ball in the net. And with his goal scoring record, um, you, you probably you do expect him to do a lot better, and you do want him to just put it, put his foot through it and and hit the target. Um, I thought Allison did. I thought he were brilliant. To be fair, like they don't, they might not need him in a lot of games against the lower teams, but. I've always been really impressed with him when he's come to Turf more, but especially this time, he made those three or four chances as difficult as they possibly could be. You look at yeah. his positioning and how big he makes himself and how quick he gets off his line. And you've got to give, I think you've got to give some credit to him, but you've got to test him better than we did as well. Yeah, just sticking with you then, I think that's a good point. I think there was the Rodriguez one. And when you watch it back, you think, well, it's it first time, but he probably thinks he's got more time than he has. And then all of a sudden, um, Allison's at his feet. Yeah, he's on him. Yeah. Yeah, sticking with you, Adam, you mentioned before about a sloppy goal. It's frustrating, isn't it, when you have those three chances and they just punish you, don't they, the big teams? And that set piece goal, it was so sloppy. And it's just kind of, we've been a lot better defensively recently, but that's just been a story of our season a little bit, hasn't it? Just little sloppy goals and, you know, just that little, and there's that little edge you need defensively, you know, just before half time. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. Like, we've we've limited them to nothing pretty much first half. Uh, and with the players they've got on the pitch, you expect them to create a better level of chance than what they did. Defended really well. The, um, oh, well, all the back five and even um, Westwood and Browner, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I thought we were a yeah. lot better on uh, on the weekend. But yeah, defensively, we, were, we couldn't really fault us. And to, yeah, you can you can get a run on a corner and and get there first, and then it's a good save. Obviously, it's coming in really quickly, but for him to bounce straight back into his path, you just think, "Come on, give us a bit of a break." But yeah, you that's the sort of goal you expect us to hopefully be scoring against the against the big teams. Not um, if they come and score set pieces, then you yeah you don't really stand much of a chance, do you? So um, again, all the. Uh, theatrics with getting the ball on the spot and the flag blowing in <laughs> Alexander Arnold's face and all that and just showed again the conditions were tricky but yeah it was just really frustrating after what had been a brilliant first half not to go in at least level yeah. it, it just I don't think it took the sting out of us but once you go one nil down you um, 
yeah, the battles. Well, the battles pretty much um, pretty much done for them in it. But um, I think we kept plugging away second half. Uh, just didn't really trouble, and I actually think they uh, controlled the game a lot better when they brought Thiago on. Uh, just really kept all the ball. Um, we got Atom centre midfield until he kind of came on and just well it seemed to kill it a bit. But um, yeah, really frustrating goal to concede, especially the timing of it. Yeah, definitely. We were absolutely done that last 10 minutes, weren't we? You know, we, we, yeah. we, we just couldn't get the ball at all. And, you know, one of my favourite people is Neil, Neil Warner. He might be a bit controversial for a Burnley podcast, but I watched his documentary and he said in the changing room, all that quality and you can see the goal from an effing set piece. And that's exactly how I felt uh, going from that game. I'm going to come on to some individual performances because I felt there was, a, a you know, a lot of positives, really. Um, but first, we'll come on to the major news at two o'clock, and I didn't even notice it, to be honest, un- until me auntie said, was that Dwight McNeil um, was on the bench. Me and me and Tom's had some funny exchanges on the podcast this this year with Dwight M- McNeil. I personally think it was the right decision. Um, I've said in the past that he's lacked effort. I still agree to my comments to a certain extent, uh, but at the same time, I think he's just lacking confidence and I think Dice did a really good post-match interview about Dwight McNeil, about how he's kind of got confused about his his role and um, and how Dice just wants him going back to basics and, and you know and doing what he did when he first got into the team and running down the line and instead he's turning in circles. Tom, I know you've been a big defender um, of Dwight McNeil, more, more, more of a defender than what McNeil's done anyway this season. Um, that's a joke, by the way, before I get ridiculed. Uh, so do you think it was the right decision, though, to leave him out of the side in that game? I think that's been part of the problem. He's been doing too much defending, not enough attacking. Uh, he always going about how many tackles he's made, like put some crosses in. Man. I think you, what you said there about, I haven't seen Dyche's comments, but it's, it's obvious that he's not doing what he used to do, get down the touchline, get balls over. So, you know, those those uh, pirouettes where he takes 17 touches and turns in a full circle. So frustrating. Um, yeah, for me, it was a strange game to drop him because I think he... In previous games against Liverpool, he's always done really well against Alexander-Arnold. So I thought it was an odd one to, to drop him for this particular fixture. But um, I said on the podcast on, after the Man United game that I thought it was a strange one not to play Lennon in because he's got more of that defensive discipline. He does trap back a lot more than uh, McNeil and Corne. So it made sense to me that if you're going to play Corne, then you would leave McNeil out for that game and have Lennon who's a bit more disciplined. I didn't think we got Lennon on the ball very much. Um, he, did, he struggled to make an impact. Uh, it also means if you've got McNeil on the bench, you've got him to come on for 20 minutes, uh, you know, maybe with a point to prove. Uh, I'm sure you agree, Rich, that he's been looking a bit leggy. <laughs> I'm not even going to say that with a straight face. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was the right time, I think, to drop him. Whether he's, whether he's complacent, whether it's a thing of, oh, I'm in the team every week, it doesn't matter how I play. But it's obvious to everybody he's not playing well. He's not doing exactly. I mean, like I said, I've not heard what Dyche said, but it sounds like he's summed it up perfectly there. He's not not doing what he was doing in the in the last couple of years. That's that's made him one of our most potent attacking threats. Um, so apart from the fact that he was up against Alexander Arnold, um, or he would have been up against Alexander Arnold and easily does well in that duel, uh, yeah, I didn't have a problem with dropping him. And uh, from the the first half performance, it obviously didn't have a detrimental effect on the team. So. Can't, can't complain at all. 
Yeah, I know what you mean about Lennon, about he didn't get put. I just thought we, the intensity was higher with Lennon in the team. He was pressing. Like I said, he, he defended very well, which was, isn't ultimately his main job. But he gets a little bit of stick, Lennon. But to be honest with you, I actually think he's been excellent since he's come into the team, since that Man United game. And I think he's given us a little bit of thrust. Listen, he's obviously not the player he was. He was a fantastic player in his day. Uh, but he very rarely gives the ball away. Works, he, you know, he, he works really high, and I think he gives our in midfield a bit of intensity. And I think, and I think since Robertson's come in as well, we've definitely looked better down that right hand side. The player who always gives a lot of intensity is, you know, is Josh Brownhill. Lacks quality on the ball uh, at times. You know, his ball retention and the way he manipulates the ball can be quite poor. But Adam, I thought he was absolutely excellent on on Sunday. I thought that was clearly his best game for Burnley. I thought. He was confident on the ball. You know, there was a time, you know, you can tell he was growing in the game. He did a few skills. And as always, it worked really hard. And like you said, I thought Westwood and Brownell had the better of the midfield, maybe until Thiago come come on. Yeah, really impressed with him. Um, so much better than uh, than previous. We could have really done with that, that level better of Better than Stevens, uh, anyway, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Dale quite a bit Stevens more energy that than Watford that Watford game. performance. Yeah, well, uh, Brownell were banned for that game, so we couldn't really do much about that. But um, no, yeah, so much better. Uh, there, were, there were a couple, of, like you said, a couple of sloppy touches here and there. But overall, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Really got really got into him. Similar to um, against United, even when in the first half and it wasn't going our way against United, I thought like he did him and Westwood do a good job of getting stuck into Pogba and, um, and McTominay in that first half, even if we weren't getting the better of the battle. Um, and yes, yeah, same again. Thought he matched. They matched up really well against Liverpool and gave us um, gave us that platform to to create the chances that we did. So yeah, hopefully that can be a positive sign going forward. Because obviously we're we're stuck with what we've got. We need to do better in that area. And um, and yeah, we've just got to make make the best of uh, of that now. And hopefully it can it can carry that on and get some get some momentum even had a couple of shots on target I think so yeah. uh, maybe he got some confidence from that um, great finish he's got a good strike his on own him. net against United yeah he's got a good strike <laughs> in him though you see the goal he scored against Millwall and Millwall yeah. He, yeah Belter I think obviously with Dyche he probably doesn't play you know he doesn't get as forward as much as he maybe likes to so Coming on, we might see the best of Brownell in the championship. There's, there's, there's been some, there's been some times though where he does get into a position and then just like really shanks. His, like you, you think I've I've seen again YouTube of his time at Bristol City, who's like really banged some in from outside area. Um, and I just don't think well, apart from the Millwall, I've not seen that at all. So at least at least he's hitting the target, showing a bit of ambition as well when he did get forward. Um, so yeah, really good. I did think uh, I wanted to come in because I was quite critical of Brownhill last week and I agree with that uh, with what's been said, probably his best game and, and he was so much better on the ball than he has been previously. His distribution was better and his shooting. Yeah, the, the, the player that I was come back to, you know, with that goal against Millwall, absolute cracker and like you say, he's obviously got it in his locker because that was fantastic. But it always makes me think of Dean West. Do you remember Dean West used to yeah. score like a 25 yarder like once every two years and then the rest of the time just nothing. I just think he need if he'd done it more than once for us, I'd believe. But all I think when I see him line up a shot is Dean West. <laughs> yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, it's a good comparison, isn't it? Dean West, Jesus, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? Dean, good, good right back. Yeah, sticking with you, Tom, and I'm gonna give your your loyal fan of a sister um, a mention on the podcast, and I know she is the number one in the Eric Peters fan club. I've always liked Peters just because he's a bit of a novelty factor. 
I felt, you know, he always gives his all. I tell you what, weren't he bloody good on Sunday, Peters? I know Salah's just come back from the African Cup of Nations. He literally didn't give him a sniff. He played in that Arsenal game, Peters, and obviously he's not had a lot of football and he struggled against Saka. He was happy, you know, and, and you can see he's growing in confidence more and more. So, yeah, I just want to give your sister a bit of a shout-out for that one, Tom. I think with Peters, um, these kind of games are the ones he's best in because I think he's a lot better as a defender than he is as an attacker. Um, so, you know, the, the games where he's just got to sit back, he doesn't have to come over the halfway line too much, nullify his man. He works hard. He's a grafter. Um, he sticks to him. He put some great tackles in on Salah, like you say. He kept him quiet for the majority of the game. I think the, uh, the problem that you have when you've got to play Peters is games like the Watford game where... You need him to go over the halfway line. You need him to give you something going forward, like Taylor normally does. And, you know, that Watford game, I thought he, had, he was really poor. And uh, that's the deficiency to his game. But, I mean, in terms of like a, a backup left back, you know, he doesn't cost much, never whinges. You know, he's, he's kind of a grain branch and he's played all over the pitch for us. Never complained. So he's a good squad player to have. And, and I agree with you. Yeah, I, thought, I thought he was good against Man United as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought I did think he was good on Sunday. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give that one to my sister. But sorry, Eric, for me, me included, if Taylor's fit for Saturday, you're back on the bench, lad. Um, but probably worth a new contract next season anyway, you know, no matter what league league, league we're in. Um, any more for any more, gents, on the Liverpool game? I think, you know, we kind of summarised the first half, you know, when the chances. Second half was non-eventful. I thought Liverpool were really comfortable and could have defended till... You know the you know another you know another ninety minutes really uh, summed up some good individual performances. But any more for any more? I think um, just uh, maybe on on corner was another probably another oh, yeah. quieter day for him. He's rubbish, um, weren't he? Yeah, we're just, yeah, we flat to deceive. Really got close to a few bits, but yeah, uh, similar performance to um, to his last couple of games as well. We really need to see the corner that we had um, before the African Cup of Nations and obviously the, the injuries as well um, that's kind of broke up the momentum. But it's really important, especially with this run of games we've got now, that um, that he starts finding some form. Because it's hard to be too critical because of how brilliant he's been. We won't be anywhere near where we are yeah. now uh, without him. Um, but yeah, just really hope he starts uh, banging in them volleys and half volleys again from all over the place. Go on, yeah, go on, Tom. Just a quick one for me as well. Um, Tarkovsky again, I know we mentioned it last week, but again, putting to bed anything about he's, he doesn't care, he's not trying. The, the one that epitomised it for me was uh, just near the end of the game, Salah got away for probably the only time in the old game he yeah. got away from it, rolled it across, Jota's got a tap in and Tarkovsky just appears from out of nowhere and, uh, and does enough to put him off and it's a goal kick. So, yeah, I thought, again, that's worth mentioning. You know, I, he, We know he's going at the end of the season, but I don't think he's going to stop trying until he has gone. Uh, fair, fair play, Tarks. You were rubbish against Leeds, but you've come back with a lot of character. And yeah, just can't fault you there. Really, it's a great tackle that. Yeah, just on just just on Carney, you've got to you have got to factor this in as well. The weather these last three games has been absolutely horrific. You know, and I think you've got to remember that. For, I agree with you, Adam. He's been useless, hasn't he? But it, I still love you, Maxwell. If you listen to the podcast, um, <laughs> it did make me laugh. He was on holiday somewhere, obviously. When Ivory Coast got knocked out, he was living it up on jet skis, having these nice meals. It looks like he was in his family, probably 30 degrees. And then he's back on a plane and he's back in bloody Paddyham. <laughs> but he's thinking, what am I doing here? So hopefully the weather will be a little bit kinder to Maxwell on the South Coast on Saturday. Yeah, he uh, he came, bring... back with, um, came back with short sleeves against Watford in the first half. <laughs> yeah, and then gloves on. Second half, long sleeves and gloves on. And I was surprised he didn't put his hat on. 
<laughs> yeah. No, Dirk, listen, it's very, you know, you want, you know, that's what you've got to, you know, where Dice says, you know, this is where some of these, like, lads, are, you know, he's from, I, I think, he, you know, he's come from Lyon and played all his football in, in France and, you know, been in Cameroon, you know, the, you know the, like you said, the climate is so different, isn't it, to what he's used to. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure Maxwell will come back far. And I'm, I'm not sure about him on the... I know we played left-back for Leon, which absolutely baffles me. Um, it's like putting Peters up front, that. Um, but I still like him down the middle. But I think Jay and Weghorst have got a good partnership. But I think it's one of them where if, if Weghorst isn't fit, you'll have Jay up, up front with Carney and McNeil will, will come in. So, obviously, moving on to the Brighton game, before we, before we do look at that, Obviously, Newcastle got an, another win. Uh, Trippier's got another free kick. It's a difficult one, isn't it, with Trippier? Because, you know, he's one of my favourite clavets, but it's such, it's just gut-wrenching seeing him play for Newcastle and kind of pushing us back into the mud more and more. He's obviously got an injury, which he might be out for a few games. But, you know, we're seven points away from safety. Yeah, we've still got games in hand. You know, there's a lot of people who are saying, well, Brentford's the team that we're going to catch where we have got four games in hand. You know, we've still got to play them away from home, but 10 points is a lot of points to make up. i seen a stat the other day. It's only Derby County who's only who's only won one game after 20 in the Premier League. You know, and I put a tweet out the other day where there was a lot of positive reaction. I thought I was actually positive with my tweet. You know, I said, I've, this might sound negative and maybe a bit reactionary. You know, I still want to have hope, but I'm kind of getting to the point now where I've accepted it. You know, there's no point whinging about it. It is what it is. That's part of football. It's not nice. Nobody wants to go down. But at the same time, you've just got to face reality. And I don't want to give up hope completely, but just with our recent record and, you know, and, and everything like that, I just can't see us overturning these deficits. Adam, am I being a bit too negative? Or, you know, are you still thinking, you know what, you know, we've got three games, because I always look at three games ahead personally. You know, we've got Brighton away and then two home games coming up, two midweek games. So, do you still think we've got a genuine chance? Obviously, if you ask me now, we're a lot more likely to go down than we are to stay up. Um, while we've we've been on runs in the past that would get us out of these sort of situations, but you look at one winning 24 games or whatever it is, it was like that um, the year we went up. Like we'd won and drawn so many, like teams chasing us six, nine points behind, behind us. Uh, they, we weren't going to drop those points and it's kind of similar now you just can't see us winning the amount of games that we'll need to win uh, to be able to get get anywhere near especially with Newcastle um, and even Everton but particularly Newcastle picking up points like they have that takeover's um, a killer in it you yeah, know it really is. And, I think and if we, that didn't happen we, we could have stayed up with 30 points yeah yeah they were poor as well but like last year with um Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United, you just always knew there were three worst teams in you. And quite a lot of this season, you've been thinking there aren't really three worst teams in us, even before the Newcastle takeover. I think it had been a struggle. Uh, but yeah, the, the trip here on, same as you, absolutely loved him at Burnley. Still still love him now. You can't, you don't want him doing what he's doing at Newcastle, but you can't. I don't think you can really. You can't be critical. He's, he's a top player doing, uh, doing his job. Obviously, you probably wouldn't expect him to have the goal scoring uh, influence that he's had since he's been there. Um, but yeah, it's just one of them things. They're always going to strengthen. They've probably strengthened more than I thought they could do in the position they were in. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a real uphill struggle. But I've not. I've not given up hope yet. There's still uh, nearly half a season left with 
we're going to Brighton at the weekend where we've got positive results before, a few draws and a, and a good win when we were struggling a couple of two or three years ago. Um, there weren't much between the sides at Turf Moor, obviously completely different styles. And I, I kind of, I, I find myself thinking, you shouldn't do, it's, it's ridiculous to think this, but what if, I think we were 1-0 up and Goodmanson in the inside of the post. And you just think, would it, even like there's so much passed under the bridge and ultimately we've got the same squad that goal goes in how 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 does the yeah. like, two they're not coming back from 2-0 when we were battering them that game um how would the season have gone now but like I say it's pointless but it gives me hope that we can go there and cause them problems especially we dunk out um it'd be Duffy and Webster so it's, it's pretty similar but uh he's a bit of a talisman for him uh a good player. Yeah, he has, has been good, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I actually... We'll, we'll see. See where we can go after Brighton. I think it's one cup final at a time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the Newcastle form is just a killer. I absolutely agree, though. That Brighton game, we hammered them first half. And I think we had Liverpool away and then I think we had Leeds at home. And we've only coming out with those first three games with one point and we could have so easily got six. Uh, but again... Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, yeah, Tom? Just similar, just just similar views to you. Obviously, you know the, the position you're in. I, I know you're very balanced as a as a person. You know you 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 know you try and use your head to figure out situations, and I think you're kind of in the camp that I am really, where you kind of you you just accepted what it is really, and and if we stay up, it's just an absolute unbelievable bonus. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it logically, you know, if if we were talking about another team here without the emotional attachment. We've won one game out of the last 24 that we didn't improve the squad in January. Um, there's, there's two teams that are just as bad as us, probably Watford and Norwich, but you look at the other team that we could potentially catch, they've, they've spent £100 million more than us in January. You know, they're going to be better and, you know, they've, they've started winning games. So it's difficult to see how we're going to turn that around when we don't really have the options in the squad to make a massive change to the team. And also you'd say as well, we've got a manager who's pretty risk averse and, and not, not inclined to change too much in terms of the formation or anything like that um with regards to the Brentford thing that that does make me laugh a bit because people say oh you know Brentford they're they're in free fall they could collapse if you look at Brentford's last seven games we've got one point from seven games they're already in free fall they're rubbish they're still 10 points above us we've had that chance we've had them last seven games to make up points on them and and we've got you know they could they've, they've been able to afford to get one point from the last seven games and still be 10 points above us now, are they going to be that bad for the rest of the season? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I, you know, we we aren't good enough to take advantage of that. It's the sad, the sad fact when you look at when you look at you know everything on paper. If if we are going to stay up, we're going to have to put a run together where we win three, four, five games in a row. What is going to change that we suddenly become a team who's capable of doing that? No idea. So unless unless we get some sort of miracle, then uh, yeah, you've got to be realistic about it and say. You know, you'd be daft to put money on us to survive at this stage. And uh, like you say, you, I've made, I've made me peace with it. Well, I say that now. I'll still be gutted, of course, if and when it's Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to be realistic about it. I think. Yeah, it's, it's just that one, isn't it? You know, there's been some performances that have been good, but we've just not had that little extra kick, have we, to get over the line to have the win? And when we've been in winning positions, we've just seen to capitulate a little bit defensively. You know, and the goal, you know, we've, we have been better defensively recently, but then the goals have just completely dried up. I think we've only conceded two in the last four, but I think we've only scored one in the last four. 
Um, I might be wrong on that stat, but that seems pretty right. I think we've only scored against United. You know, that for me, that Watford game, you know, sealed it for me. I just went off so despondent after that game. It was just, it was hot. You know, the weather was hot. It was just horrid to watch. And, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, like, we could be here in two weeks' time with seven points from nine games. But it just doesn't look likely, does it? Like Tom was saying, we need to go on a, you know, put on a run where we're averaging two, you know, two points a game over a period of time. Or, you know, in and, in and around that, you know, will will 35 points be enough to stay up this season? Who knows, you know, if 35 points is enough to stay over, then Brentford only need, you know, only need another 10 points, you know, 10, 11 points to do it, you know, from their remaining games. So they can still be pretty rubbish and, and still get those points. So it's one of them, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll speak back, you know, I'll keep backing the lads like we all do on this podcast, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going, we'll, you know, we'll still cheer them. I think all of us on here have renewed our season tickets because, you know, no matter what league, we always will. But at the same time, it is just looking really difficult, isn't it? Um, but again, you never know. Brighton on Saturday. I, I think Brighton are a good side, actually, this year. You know, the ninth in the Premier League. Yeah, they, you know, they do draw a lot of games too. Um, you know, but they don't But they don't lose many. Um, it's just going to be one of them where, you know, we're just not going to have a lot of the ball, are we? We, we could get completely outpassed. But at the same time, if we manage to score one, I think we could defend against her style of play. But we, I'll tell you one thing that we've got to get better at again is corners. I've mentioned it before loads on this podcast. Too many times we're just hitting them straight at the keeper. We don't look like scoring from a set piece at all. So, yeah, but that, I think that's it. Any other points, gentlemen, to kind of summarise to, to finish the podcast up and moving forward? Uh, we'd have some hell of the Lancashire derbies if, uh, if we do oh. end up going down. Uh, potentially anyway Wigan, if uh, Wigan, uh, Wigan doing well and oh. Blackburn I know Bolton have dropped off again haven't they but Blackburn, Preston, Wigan looking likely I, know, I, don't, want to, I don't want to think about that but just trying to clutch anything just kind of miss, oh. miss those derby days yeah regular listeners to this podcast know that I'm a born and bred Wiganer so the thought of playing them doesn't appeal to me really growing up um, you know I always got a bit of stick uh, being a Burnley fan, so it's been quite nice having Wigan just in, you know, just you know, just a, just away from us. But you know, good luck, good, good luck to him. Uh, they're doing well, and you know, to be fair, Adam, it would be good. I, I quite fancy playing Preston again because I think we'll beat him. Uh, to be fair, um, Tom, anything from you? No, uh, just to say, you know, uh, the Brighton game, it is it is a winnable one. I do think, um, but I've got that nagging suspicion that every Brighton game seems to finish one-one. So. Somehow we'll get a fluky goal from somewhere. They'll get a fluky goal from somewhere, uh, and I don't think a draw will be enough. But if we can get a win down there, it will get the belief going. We've got winnable games coming up. I think Leicester and Spurs is good time to play both of them. Palace away—they're not playing well. They won in 2022, I believe. So you know, if we can get a result down there, maybe it'll kickstart the season a little bit. So I'll be going down. So fingers crossed for a bit of uh, a bit of positive, seeing a good result. Quality stuff, Tom. Quality. I uh, just want to say then thank you uh, to the listeners. Uh, you know, as always, you know, you keep the podcast going. Thank you to our regular regular panellists, Adam and Tom, for their wonderful insight. Thank you to producer Matt, uh, you know, for editing the show. Um, he always has a job on uh, when Natalie never never hosts. Thank you to George Gaskell uh, for doing the music for our, for our podcast and uh, for our lovely little intro tune. I've been Richard Steele and this has been the No Name Ever podcast.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.